Hi everyone, I'm Kate Galliford. And I'm Corbin Gregg. This week on Retrospect, we chat with several members of Stove's Cabin Crew, Fordham Lincoln Center's very own comedy club. Previous shows put on by Stove's have included sketch comedy, improv, stand-up, and more. Today, Corbin and I asked them about the logistical drawbacks to creating comedy during a global disaster and what it takes to make people laugh these days. This is Retrospect, the official podcast of the Fordham Observer. We are now joined by three members of the Stove's Cabin Crew eBoard. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. So to start off, if everybody would like to go take a moment and introduce yourselves and talk about your position on the eBoard, that would be great. Hi, I'm Natalie Grammer. I am the Stove's president uh, for this year. I fill out a ton of Google Forms for the Office of Student Involvement and try to set agendas for every meeting with the help of my other wonderful board members. I'm Julianne. I'm the vice president. I'm mostly in charge of social health of the club, making sure everybody's happy and feeling heard and represented. Yeah, we look over what we're going to be doing in meetings and um, making sure that the shows are all casted and Mm -hmm. everybody is happy with what they've got. Hi, I'm Casey Brennan. I am elected treasurer, but I am also, I guess I've established myself as technology coordinator for stoves this year. Yeah, twice a year I run the budgets, but most importantly, I run the streams for our live shows. Just to get us started, I'd love to know What drew you to comedy in the first place? And if you had any experience prior to joining Stoves or if you have experience outside of Stoves and what that's like. So I didn't really have that much experience with comedy outside of Stoves or before Stoves. You know, I was just a very, very avid consumer of like comedy television, comedy movies, comedy content, everything. And I, you know, like to make people laugh in person, in conversations, but I never really had a chance to do it in a way that was unintimidating. Prior to coming to college and prior to stoves, I took one sketch class, a two-week sketch class in high school, and it went horribly. And so then like I scared myself away from it. But the fact that like coming to Fordham and meeting the then president, uh, and secretary of shows at the time, which was Chandler Dean and Kara Hogan, and having a club where there were no auditions, and you just kind of get to try whatever comedy you want was like, really like something clicked for me. And so I finally had the chance to do it. And I've just been doing it in the club. And then all my other experience has really just been with alum, if they have something that they want help with, or like feedback on that's like the extent of my, I guess, comedy history. So I was a theater kid in high school. And I was a dramatic playwright. I I just sort of like got into comedy writing like little bits when I was a senior. And that felt much better to me. And I did improv in high school. I was too scared to join my freshman year. I went to the audition. I never came back for the whole year. But yeah, I really loved improv in high school. And then I got to Fordham. And I don't know like why, but I just like had my sights set on stoves. I think that I, I watched like all of their videos and I thought that all of the seniors were really cool. And I have not looked back and made that full transition from dramatic high school playwright to college improviser. Uh, I actually did improv a little bit in middle school. 
at like a community center type thing. But my high school didn't offer any sort of comedy club or improv troupe. So uh, this is definitely very new to me once I got to college. And I joined Stoves after the first stand-up show. And I thought to myself, I can't do stand-up, but I'm intrigued. So I started coming to the meetings. And over time, I actually realized stand-up's one of my favorite types of comedy. Y'all's most recent show was last week. It was called Stonks After Dark, and it was your first spring show. One of the first segments of the show was a prepared, pre-recorded sketch written by you, Julianne. And I was wondering what that process was like for you making these prepared sketches. So obviously you had some members acting out their parts over Zoom. How did these types of segments get planned and actually come together with everything going on? That sketch came together in a bit of a creative mania. I... (laughs) I had promised the board that I would write a sketch for the show. I always see my role in stoves as like the person who writes sketches to give roles to people. So I was just struggling to write something for a Zoom setting. I had done, I think, just two sketches over Zoom, but it felt like a lot. And I was texting Natalie and I was telling her like, okay, I think that I'm just going to go back to an old idea I had. And then I went into my closet and I pulled out like old clothes and costumes and things like that. And I was just like making up characters. And then that's what just like made it fun for me again to like write something. And I wrote it at like midnight, texted my brother at 1am and asked him if he was free the next day to film because we were on like a really short timeline for the show. I had to have it edited by Thursday and the show was Friday. So I had figured out like, if this sketch is gonna work, I'm gonna have to play more than one character. Normally I do not like acting out the things that I write. So that was a lot. And then I just wrote those one-liners because I knew that we could get the people of Stoves to read those out. And those are indeed my favorite part of the sketch. They always make me laugh. Creative mania is a very good word for like how stoves run generally, but like especially in a virtual semester. Honestly, that segues perfectly into what we wanted to talk about next. Uh, The logistical aspects to producing like comedy shows during uh, the pandemic. So a large part of comedy and putting on like a comedy show is kind of feeding off the audience's energy and like getting that feedback. And like past stove shows, there's always a high level of audience participation and engagement, especially with like stand up. And obviously that is just so different on Zoom. And so how is that, how's the lack of that kind of in-person audience really impacted things for you? And what have you been doing to kind of adapt to the online format? I think like we try to replicate it as best as we can. And this goes not just for like the audience participation component, but for a lot of the forms that we do, like they have to be slightly different to work virtually. So a lot of what this past year has been for the board has been taking like a show, how we did it in person, and then breaking it down and being like, okay, how do we change it so that it's more enjoyable to watch? And I think one of the most transformative suggestions came with the stand-up show, which to have when you're doing stand-up, to have the other club members unmute their mics so you can at least hear some laughter because doing comedy in the void is hard enough, but like at least with improv, you have your team members to like support you or you can see like little visual reacts if you have your non-video participants like on your screen. But for stand-up, like you're really up there alone. And so to do the best we can to like support from there, we were like, let's just hear people laugh. So helpful to hear people laugh. And then the other major component of that has been, which actually came from our first Zoom show, which was spring of 2020, was using the chat feature 
on the streaming platforms to like try to engage with people. And like, even though like we're all on a call and we're kind of doing an endless bit of like, no one's really receiving it. We don't know who's receiving it. That trying to get specific comments involved or like naming specific people, like trying to just replicate it, but like know that ultimately a lot of it's going to have to come from us. I would second that the chat is like probably the most important feature in our live shows right now. It's actually kind of interesting how in a way the chat brings a lot of things that we couldn't get from an in-person show. Um, There's a lot of banter from the audience that, that we wouldn't ever have and we would never see or hear. Um, without it. So it's definitely just a very different experience. Last semester, you all had a virtual improv show. And I was wondering how it's kind of different to play off each other in a virtual setting uh, versus that physical space. So dealing with things like Zoom delay, uh, missed internet connections, and unmuting, and just how that kind of worked out and what kind of practice you did going into that. I think a lot of like the way we've had to redo improv is like we have to rethink a lot of the games that we typically play, which is why we've done so many new forms in this past year. I mean, we have like new things that rely less upon like physical edits. Like I know Julianne has really spoken about one of the hardest things to change from doing in-person to virtual comedy is there's such less physicality and like a big part of improv is like physical tagging and like physical swipes and edits. And so to be honest, what kind of makes it work is not just like trying not to play those super physical games, but like making games that lean into what Zoom is as a platform. And like, if your audio cuts, like people can acknowledge it and like make it a bit that's part of the set or you just like let it go and that's what happens. But a lot of it comes from the fact that people in this club are like spending time together and have that rapport with each other and are able to like notice a screen if it freezes or like kind of feel out that dynamic of uh, I know like this is where we can take this set or like this is where I would step in and this would be strong for me. But it's like a combination of like changing forms and like actually changing the rules of the game and playing with them and doing things we haven't done in shows before. Plus club members having that intuition from just having misfires happen in meetings of like, listen, we all talk over each other like it happens and you just have to like move on from it and go from there. So one thing that Zoom is helpful with when it comes to improv is that you're facing everybody. Like something that can happen in an improv set is you're really engaged talking to one person and then somebody tries to come on, but they're behind you and you don't see them and it's awkward and they're like hesitating. So like putting everybody right in front of you makes it a lot easier to notice each other and to like listen to what everybody's doing so that's like a little benefit and then things do go wrong with zoom in the spring semester show i was doing the the subreddit sketch and my internet cut out i got kicked off of the zoom and i came back and it was time to end the sketch and i just caught two words jumped back in and it was fine another funny thing that happened was hannah bowman's audio one time garbled and it was like dark and scary sounding and then her character was just a demon from then on and improv is always like listening and playing off of each other and playing off of what's happening so we make it work yeah i'd like to add how difficult i think it is if you are a physical 
comedian, I think that a, a lot of our members really shine in that aspect. And it's been, it's definitely been a hard transition, but there has been some benefits, like we said, with um, we're all facing each other and we're, we can change our names, which is really cool. So we already have our character established before even having to introduce ourselves. Uh, this past show, though, I, I can't change my name because the, the box comes up that will ask you to change your name and I don't want it to interrupt the stream so I just left it as Casey and I was just Casey I, I was a uh, capitalist carny uh, stealing money from children but I, I guess I was still Casey so yeah it's it's definitely interesting <laughs> one of the things that we think about a lot like just when we're putting together retrospect for example is whether we're focusing too much all the various horrible things that have been occupying all our thoughts day to day Corbin and I will like sit down and be like, all right, let's not even talk about the pandemic this week. Like, let's go beyond that. And we're like, all right, what's going on in the world? And then we just land back at the pandemic. And it's like the horrible axis of all of our lives at the moment. So how do you balance overly focusing on terrible things like aforementioned pandemic and just in general, all the tough stuff that's been going on this year? I definitely think we have started to transition further and further away from pandemic content. I think that a lot of our meetings and I guess then our shows too kind of exist in both worlds of like firmly situated in reality of like recognizing that our club members, this is a difficult time for them and a difficult time for us. And we're being piled on with everything in the news, but also like with a ton of homework, class loads, and we're all just like in different places in our week and in our day. And then at the same time, I think when we first got sent home, we were like, there's no way to kind of like ignore this. And I think a lot of people's minds were still in that place of this is like, we're, this, this is all happening so quickly. And then you can even see it in like the changing suggestions we get in our shows like we'll still get quarantine as a suggestion every now and then or like social distancing or things like that but then we also get things like cabinets or like cow or like random things as well and I think it's like we're, we try to strike that balance I don't know it's really important for me as a club leader to care for the mental health of our club so I feel like as a board and I don't know if, I don't want to speak for everyone else but I'm always just like constantly trying to check in with everybody and be like uh one at meetings like how are you doing this week how's everyone doing what is like what's your week look like what are you looking forward to do you want to talk through something get advice from some of us like from someone about something and then at the same time we've sent out so many google forms this year to like our members being like, is this too much? Do you like this? Is this working for you? Do you want to try something else? And then at the same time, because it's just having that social space and having that comedy space, some days like we'll just go to like weird places. We've always been a little bit chaotic in terms of humor as a club. Like I think that's very natural for us. We're trying to have an understanding of meeting club members where they are and then dealing with like running this club when we're all so exhausted and tired. So things become a little less grounded in reality that way anyway. And then having a high concept board where like the bits get like literally into outer space and uh, we depersonalize collectively. I think Natalie really said it. Yeah, we've tried to prioritize check-ins. They run much longer this year than they ever have before to be sentimental for a second like we really needed each other when the pandemic hit and so like when we got onto the zoom call we didn't really want to be like oh things are so weird and everything sucks we wanted to just do improv and like not think about what was going on so I do think that this but it is like a balance of checking in and also escapism in my own personal comedy I've been steering so far away from the pandemic 
pandemic because it just limits what you can do. In our, in the show before last, I set something in ancient Rome. It was a Zoom sketch, but we just made it work. <laughs> and when I was filming the last sketch that I wrote with my brother, he had like a one walk-on bit that I needed him to do. And he came out with a mask and I was like, no, we're going to wait until the street is empty and you're going to not wear the mask because this just cannot take place in pandemic times. So yeah, we, we try to get away from it, I think. It was really important just to sometimes forget about everything that's going on in the world that's bad. And even though there's, there's definitely a benefit to using humor to cope with, with the dark things in the world, I think it's been dark a lot that you know we've we've kind of definitely switched over to just laughing about the things we enjoy and find funny do you have any final thoughts or any hints for us for what's next for stuffs so we do have a show coming up on friday march 12th we're not going to disclose what that's called yet or what that looks like and it's 100% not because we don't know yet but just because we're trying to build Bed. Um, no, but <laughs> we've got we have a lot of exciting things that like are starting to be in the works for the rest of the semester. Really, I know Julianne said like we all needed each other when this pandemic hit, and I think we all are trying to be there for each other now. And that's like ridiculous things as much as it is like serious like emotional support, which means that we have some exciting ideas that I think people have brought up that we'll see if they come together or how they come together. Yeah, trying to maintain that like social bit and the comedy bit and I'm looking forward. I missed like my last semester of doing college comedy. I'm trying to have fun with it. I think everyone else will have fun too, hopefully. Thank you all so much. That was fantastic. We really Thank appreciate you. you coming on. Yeah. And Thanks for having us. Of course. This has been Retrospect. Thanks once again to Natalie, Julianne, and Casey for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Corbin Gregg. And I'm Kate Galliford. As always, Keep your heads up and take care of yourselves. We'll be back again next week.